This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. It is now time, and we do appreciate you being here with us, for the second hour of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. And uh, sitting in for Danny Bush today is Ron Heidenreich. I'm Tommy the True Neubauer, Christian Jaskalski on the boards today. And uh, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, like I say, and we are unrehearsed. We got a number of topics to get into, and if you want to join us, in the conversation, all you got to do is call 414-799-1250. Or, you know, if you miss any part of the show and you want to get back to it, just go to... Uh, go over to... Ra- you can go yeah. over to our new radio.com app. Or, excuse me, 1057fmthefan.com. Yeah. Go over to On Demand. Check us out. Scroll down through all the shows. You'll see Cutting Edge Outdoors yep. and just open up hours one or two, whatever, whatever hour you miss, whatever hour you want to recap. You can also... I've got Twitter up as well, so if you want to communicate with us via Twitter... We've got Twitter up at 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, there you go. we got all kinds of ways to get in touch with us, or if you want to hear something new. You can also email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We're getting pretty techy here. Jeez. Yeah, a little too techy for hey, me. Come on. Get, get, just, I mean, it's, it's really – I don't understand why people I – mean, I mean, it's 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 very simple. I told my one very, son – Very, 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 I guess – Convenient. He took a picture of me. My youngest son took a picture of me one time without me knowing it, and uh, he he's on that Facebook stuff, you know. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I will beat you up if I see it on there. I said, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I said, I will punch your lights out if I see it on there, and then I'll throw you out of the house. I said, you will not put that on Facebook. <laughs> I hate that when they put stuff. Of, my wife hates it too. Put stuff of us on his Facebook. Do whatever you want on yours. Right. But don't include us. I wonder if my parents feel the same way. But I do it for positive. I do it for positive yeah. vibes. I don't well, do it to embarrass. Ought, do it to embarrass you ought to them. Ask them. You ought to ask them. The only the only way, the only times I ever do it like post yeah. stuff to embarrass anybody is my is my friends because they'll do it to me all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. Remember, remember, well, teasing, remember when we, got, when we were talking about that yeah. when you were talking about the first hour. The best relationships are the ones where you tease each other. Yeah, you, you joke around with your buddies. Yep. Yeah, you keeps joke you, around. Keeps you humble. Yeah, yeah, you just joke around. You can always let stuff like water off a duck's back, you know, let it go. Yep. Got my coffee. I'm all set. Now, here are a couple of things. Okay. This was in a local magazine. This was kind of interesting. And this this happened in New Richmond, Wisconsin. 
Uh, This was a a close encounter with two bears, okay? And uh, it's uh, close to the Richmond and St. Croix County, uh, the town of Richmond. On May 13th, a turkey hunter uh, was approached by a yearling black bear and an adult sow. Now, that's not good. That's not good. No. The yearling bear arrived first, coming within 10 feet of the hunter. After yelling at the bear to scare it, the hunter noticed an adult nearby. The yearling bear began to follow the hunter as he was walking away, prompting the hunter to fire a warning shot into the air, which chased the bear off. Okay, good. You figure, okay, I'm in the clear. As the hunter was leaving, the yearling bear appeared a second time. The hunter shot into the air again, but the bear didn't move off. (laughs) You couldn't fool him a second time. The yearling and sow trailed him until he reached his vehicle. He got in it quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I would have. That's for sure. Now, that's that's a scary situation. You know, I mean, uh, I don't care how big the bear is. I mean, a yearling is still pretty good size. Right. And it could do a lot of damage to a person, but... It's the mama that does the mama. damage. Yeah, yeah, oh. she's there. So, and Wisconsin has an overabundance of bear, of black of bear. Wow. Yeah, a lot of them here. And so, you, and normally, you know, if you're loud in the woods, the, the bear will run away. Right. But turkey hunters are quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes those bear don't know the turkey hunter is there. They're just walking by, and all of a sudden, you see each other. You M- know, minding their own business. Yeah, and you see each other, kind of startles the hunter and the bear. You know, and then uh, you hope the bear runs off, but if it's startled too much, or in this case, having a cub with it, I mean, a yearling with it. Right. uh, That's a scary situation, you know. So turkey hunters, beware. Yes. (laughs) Beware. Last last week, uh, excuse me. Last week, uh, my neighbor uh, up on the Chippewa Floage was telling me that they had seen a uh, collared and ear-tagged cow elk. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, probably within about five or six miles of my place. Wow. Uh, and that's, so that that elk has ranged south. Oh, from, yeah, you know, quite a ways. Yeah. What, so, was from the Clam Lake herd, Clam maybe? Clam Lake area. That, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was from the Clam Lake herd. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not that far, but it's, you know, 50, 60 miles still, probably as the crow flies. And still, that's quite a distance, yeah. yeah. yeah it is. But, uh, well, I'm sure with that tracking stuff on it, the DNR is They know where it is. Yeah, yeah they know where it, it is. It was, they said, uh, the neighbor said it was had a collar as well as an ear tag. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Kind of neat. Yeah, that it is. Yeah, seeing some of those big animals here right. in Wisconsin again. You know, yep. they, you know, years ago, they, they were in Wisconsin, you know? Yeah, long time ago. Long time yeah. ago, but, you know, they kind of like with the wolves, you know, they kind of like didn't, I don't know if people just hunted them and right. they just left, like, you know, with the elk, but. The wolves, people, they just did a lot of damage, you know. And so now we're going to have a, a, a limited uh, elk hunt this year. Yeah. They're going to harvest, right. I believe, six. Uh, no, ten. Ten? Ten. Okay. Five, five go to the Indian tribes in that area, and uh, there's going to be uh, three that will be, uh, you can apply for the tag, you know, and three will be given that way. And then two will be auctioned off at different auctions. Yeah, auction I believe houses. the Rocky, I think, Rocky yeah. Mountain Elk Foundation yeah, got the they got to auction. One, I think they got one, and there's one other one okay. going someplace else. So there, you know, there's a number of them out there. Um, but uh, what was I going to say about the bear again? Oh, normally, you know, if you're making noise in the woods, you know, the bear they'll run away from you. They don't bother you, you know. And but you know, I'll tell you what: when you got so many of them. Uh, and there's only so much food to go around. You got to wonder. Now it's not like a grizzly, you know. That, 
<laughs> when you make noise, that's just sounding the dinner bell. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, but so, yeah, it, it, you know, you just got to be careful in the woods. You know, with, with all the with with all the wolves that are in the Northwoods and coming south and the influx of so many black bear, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't walk in the woods without a sidearm. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays, I mean, years ago, I never thought about it. Never no. occurred to me, ever. No. But nowadays, oh yeah, I think about that. Yeah. It seems like the the bear uh, population has rebounded in about the last fifteen years yeah. or so. It's amazing, it's, uh, quite a bit and, and and they're and they're going to be uh, giving more bear tags again this year than last year, than the year before too, and the year before that. They keep going up with them because there's so many of them. Right. And I had some bear meat. Uh, when was that? Not last year. Year before last. Uh, one of my son's father in laws had. Uh, Bear meat, and one thing with bear meat, though, people got to remember, you got to cook it well done, mm-hmm. because there's some kind of stuff in it that will make you sick if you don't cook okay. it well done. So uh, he took these bear chunks and threw them. He's got like a fire pit, and he put a grating over it and threw this meat on there, wow. and he he had it uh, uh, marinating in something, and uh, anyway, and after they were cooked well done, they were delicious. Really? Yeah, okay. they were great. Just cooked open that, over that open fire, you know. I had it one fun. time, and and uh, we probably prepared it wrong, but it was like chewing bubble gum. It just would not, <laughs> it would not break down. Yeah, I think I think a good good idea is to marinate. There's certain things that you want to marinate, you know, to break down right. that stuff a little bit. It's just like bubble gum, bear tasting bubble gum. Oh, bear tasting bubble gum. Well, another here's a a, a report on. Oh, wait a minute. Check the glasses on again. Yeah, I gotta always use the glasses on stuff. Oh, here's another thing too. We we brought this up last month. We gotta bring it up again. The 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 federal fishing game, whatever they call the federal fishing game outfit. What do they call that anyway? I don't know. I don't know. Federal fishing game, whatever. Uh now maybe some of our listeners missed this, but there's a place called Isle Royale. It's an island. It's in Lake Superior. Lake Superior, right above the UP there. And they have an overabundance of moose on the island. And wolves. I no. Mean, it's a population of wolves and not moose. Right. How not big is not this, anymore. How big is this island? Uh, oh, it's probably 50 miles long and yeah. 20 miles wide. It's oh, a good it's, size oh, okay, island. Okay, it's a good size island. Yeah. It's a, it's a good size island. Uh, no, not as many moose. I mean, not as many elk, uh, wolves. wolves anymore. Right. And uh, so anyway, there's too many moose, and the moose are, are like starving. You know, not enough for them to eat. So, in the infinite mis- wisdom of the federal government, what they want to do is they want to spend over $2 million to transport a bunch of wolves onto the item island to eat the moose and reduce the number of the moose. Mm-hmm. And we had a better idea here at the Cutting Edge Outdoors. We said, why don't you sell hunting permits, let some hunters go in there, Mm-hmm. Shoot the moose. You can you can get rid of as many as you want. You know by how many permits you give. They shoot the moose and then they utilize the meat of the moose. You know, I mean, and you don't have to spend over twelve million dollars. You can actually make money on this deal. Sure, sure. We could make. You know, here's an opportunity for the federal government to make money. No, no, they want to spend the money instead to reintroduce wolves where there still might be a few wolves on the island because there always were some. You know, but. There's not as many anymore because they didn't have that uh, that in the winter that pass to get through, or not as many of them were right. walking over there, you know, to the island. There was a time, so uh, I could be wrong on this, but it seems to be around 20 years ago that that was actually a big, basically a science project of seeing how yeah. the 
all the wolves and the moose uh, mm-hmm. were interacting. And, yeah, I remember and, uh, that. How that you know how that ecosystem worked together. Yeah, so, oh, it didn't work too good. Apparently not. No, apparently not. And now they got way too many moose, and now they want to reduce them by adding wolves to it at a cost of over two million dollars. Instead, just sell some hunting permits. How many mo- how many moose do you want to get rid of? Sell that many permits. Right. Right. And then the meat will be utilized too. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, boy, you know, folks, sometimes the government just spends money instead of making money. Absolutely. Here's another stupid question. It's not, pop, it's not populated, obviously. No. no. Okay. No. I didn't think no. so. No. Because it's, it's, it's closer to the Canadian border than it is. Yes. Yeah, on the North Shore of Lake Superior. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just brought that. If, if you got comments, 799-1250 is the phone phone number. Now, here's another thing. Oh, got to remind everybody one more time. Got to keep reminding people this because, you know, people li- listen at different times during the day. Sure. Free fishing weekend. Yes. Go to state parks. No park pass needed. It's free. Uh, so hiking trails, free. Fishing, free. Lake Michigan, inland lakes, trout, all free yep. this weekend. We'll try your hand at fishing all on Pewaukee Lake. Or or whatever lake Any you're lake. close to. Yep. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, you know, they put the water back into uh, Little Muskego. Okay. And I was talking to guys who have been fishing out there. They've been doing pretty good. Yeah, I've been catching bass and pike and panfish. No monster panfish, but a lot of nice bass and pike. Now, did they drain that down? Was that for a weed reduction? Yeah, they took it down about six feet, I think, or so. <laughs> I, I think it was, yeah, for certain types of weed, some kind of wart weed. I forget. Wiggle warts. Okay. I don't know. That's a lure. <laughs> That's a lure. <laughs> uh, some kind of wart weed. But st- starry wart weed, yeah. They're trying to get rid of certain weeds, you know. And uh, then they brought it back up, and fishing, I guess, is pretty good out there. So well, that that process works, you know. They've been many years ago in the earlier years of the Chippewa flowage, they would always draw that thing down ten to fifteen feet in the winter. Wow! And the cabbage weeds were always beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, then about twenty years ago, they started to leave it full, and uh, because they wanted snowmobilers and stuff like that, so they left it full in the winter time, okay. so it was safe for snowmobile travel. And uh, the uh, Eurasian milfoil came in big Uh-oh. time. Uh, so now the last four years, they've been drawing it down. They drew it down six or eight feet this past winter. And um, it's amazing when you dry up those sandbars mm-hmm. and let them be exposed to the air, the milfoil dies. Yeah. And so the, yeah. and the cabbage is coming back. So there is there is some benefit to letting the lake bed dry. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want that's the cabbage. What, well, that's you don't want, want the milk yeah, foil. No, milk you don't want, and you don't want elephant snot. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you don't want that. Hey, we got to go to a quick break, folks. Oh, got any comments? 799-1250, or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. You are listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with Ron Heidenreich and myself, Tommy the True Neubauer, here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. I begin to crawl. If it wasn't for bad luck, what would we have? We wouldn't have no luck at all. I'm going to turn this mic off. This is, I'll tell you, Cream, that brings stuff back, Ron, you know? Yes, yes. Eric Clapton on that, you like guitar stuff, Jazz? Man, I'll tell you, that Love. guy, that guy, and that song especially, oh, is he good. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't heard of heard Cream? Oh, look. Am I living under a rock or am I... Uh, no, well, this is way before your time. 
Cool. Still, I listen to stuff from before my time, like no, ZZ I know. Top. Well, and- I'll tell you what. This is even before that. Cream was a three-person <laughs> band only. Okay. Ginger Baker on drums, Jack Bruce on bass, and Eric Clapton on guitar. Just three guys. Okay. And the music they made was awesome. They had so many good songs. So if you're ever in the mood sometime and you're just listening to music, you know, just pull up Cream songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. White Room, Crossroads, right. Crossroads. Uh, living under a uh, born under a bad sign. There's a whole bunch of those good are ones. all songs that you would think were just you know Eric Clapton songs, oh. but they were actually Cream oh. songs. And yeah, yeah, they were the the group yeah. of them. Yeah, and, and, and he then, was with the Yardbirds for a while. Well, before that, he was with yeah. the Yardbirds, and then he went to uh, Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. They did Layla. Yep. No, that was uh, Derek and the Derek Dominoes. And the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes. Right. But did you? Oh, Eric Clapton does a uh, acoustical version of Blind Faith of. Uh, and Layla. Of Layla. Acoustical gu- version of Layla. Yeah. Really good. This guitar is ridiculous. Oh, he's awesome. He's, you know what his nickname is? Slow Hand. Slow Hand. Slow Hand. That's what his slow nickname hand. has always yeah. been, Slow Hand. And he did not have a slow hand. <laughs> hey, by the sounds of that, he didn't, nope, no, not at all. You, yeah. you, I think if you like guitarists and guitar playing and good stuff, yeah. you want to definitely He's in his listen 70s to that. now, too. And he can still play. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I like that rock stuff. I listen to modern stuff. Yeah. I listen to stuff yeah. way back in the in the yeah. 70s and the 80s. I, I've been... Try, uh, the, try the cream. Try cream. cream. Yeah. I'll, I'll, have to look, cream. I'll look them up when I'm yeah. in between they, my shifts today. Yeah. They were a huge, huge band. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was one song that my kids always liked me to do when we'd go out in the backyard, drink beer, and I'd play the guitar. And uh, uh, oh, <laughs> can't think of it now. It was more talking than singing. The 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 instead of uh, uh, folk songs, a cream. A cream it was song? a cream song. Yeah. Um, oh, I. It'll hit me after a while. Right now, I got other more important things to talk about. Right. Crawdads. Hunting and fishing all the time. Yeah. Crawdads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hunting and fishing all yeah, the time. all the time. When I was a boy, we'd walk over, or actually we'd take our bikes over to Washington Park Lagoon. Sure. And I'd be about 10 years old or so. Mm-hmm. And we would take a hunk of meat from home, take a little hunk of meat, and we'd tie it on a heavier string. string. Yep. And we would, and we'd use a stick that we'd find at the lagoon, and we'd tie it onto that stick, and and we'd have a bucket with us, and we would catch all these crawdads, and they were they'd call them crayfish, crawdads, whatever you want to call them, blue pinchers, basically, blue pinchers, yeah. yeah. And they were pretty decent size, maybe five six inches, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were smaller, you know, but generally five six inches. And we would bring home like a half a five gallon bucket and drive riding that with that hanging on the front of your handlebars wasn't mm-hmm. real easy. And my mom would uh, get a big pot of boiling water, sure, and she'd throw some lemons in there, and she'd throw some other things in there. I don't know what kind of spices at the time I was a kid. I had no idea. Probably allspice. Whatever, yeah. And then she'd dump these crawdads in there and boil them for about 15 minutes. They turned red like a lobster. And now, let's face it, there's not a lot to eat on no. a crawdad. It's just a tail, right? And, oh, we also kept them. Uh, the, we would uh, take the tails out before cooking, and we would use them for perch fishing down at the lake. Sure. Too. Yes. Yeah, my, my uncles would love that. And my brothers, they'd say, Tommy, go get some crayfish. We need we need some crab tails. Anyway, and uh boy, I'll tell you, they were good, but it's they're hard to eat, you know. Mm-hmm. And but you can go to these there's area lakes where there's tons of crab. And if we would have known about crab traps back then, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're on a lake, you got a lot of crayfish on the Chippewa Flowish? No. No, you don't. You're no. lucky because a lot of the what are they, rusty crayfish. The rusties yeah. were the ones that took the weeds on. Yeah. 
But if you're on a lake, uh, it, let's say you got a cottage on a lake that's a lot of crayfish in, you get these crab traps, yep. put some rotten meat in there or whatever, you'd be surprised how many crayfish you get in there. Oh, yeah. And then just save up a big old half a bucket full, you know, and, and have a crayfish boil. They are they are good, real good. The, uh, I can remember you talking about going to Washington Park. When I was a kid, I went to, to um, McGovern Park. Okay, yeah. And, I almost drowned there. Uh, yeah, we'd go to the butcher <laughs> shop, and we'd get a get a, uh, a bag of their chicken guts because at that time, the, the butcher shops were actually butchering their own chickens up. They weren't coming sure. in all butchered. So yeah. you get a bag of chicken guts yeah. and tie them onto the string and throw that string out five, six feet and sit there and pull it in real slow. Yeah, and, yeah. Because sometimes they would let go as you were lifting them up. Yeah. Oh, son of a gun. Yep. I almost died at McGovern Park Swimming Pool. Oh, really? Yeah, because we used to take our bikes over there. Yep. And like an idiot, uh, first time of the year and all that, and uh, I mean, I thought I knew how to swim. I was just a kid. I might, might have been around 10 years old or whatever I was. I don't know. That was at a time when kids would take off, go places, and your parents said, just be back for supper time. They didn't care. Yeah, just be back. And nobody drove you anywhere. Right. You you either walked or took your bike, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, and uh, I just jumped into the deep part of the pool. Not I thought maybe it was the shallow part. I don't remember, but I remember jumping in. A, I jumped in a deep part, went down, and the only thing I remember was the lifeguard throwing me back Ooh. Onto the pavement. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was that was weird. But after that, I learned how to swim in Boy Scouts to get our merit badge. We had to swim a mile. Okay. And I did that. That's I, a long way. Yeah, yeah. It was a long way. It was indoor pool. Yeah. Uh, it was at the 16th and Center Natatorium. I think it was 16th and Center Natatorium. You want a um, you want a real surprise if you think you're a good swimmer, or even just an average swimmer. Now this this happened to me a long time ago. We went up to Noah's Ark with uh, with our daughter and her friends. They were you know younger, mm-hmm. and they got that wave pool out there. You try swimming in them waves. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I mean you get a you, face you, full of water. You don't want to fall out of your boat in in even foot and a half waves because it's hard to swim. And yeah. I I never thought I was a great swimmer, but I thought ah, I can make it to shore. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, it's hard. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. The one thing about, you know, nowadays, you know, I, I was chastised one time uh, when I would do my shows on Outdoor Wisconsin. I would wear, eh, I sometimes would wear the life vest when the big motor was on. I always mm-hmm. had it on the seat, okay? And we always had our life vest out and our one throwable cushion, which, by the way, folks, is the law. You got to have a, life, a right. wearable life vest for each person plus one throwable in the boat. And? And? I'll... I'll Wearable inflatable has got to be, uh, it cannot be in the package. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not got, considered a life vest right. unless it's opened up uh, yeah. and available. Yeah, can't be in the oh. package, no. Oh. And, uh, well, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, 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 oh, shoot. I just lost it there. I was... That's the second time. Well, what you, the you, hell's going you, on out here? You did it to me. <laughs> you, you're doing like what John would do. <laughs> Quit making excuses. John, Jazz, you would have loved John. John was goofy without meaning to be goofy. I, I, I wish I, he, I wish I he, he, and he was a guy who had AD. What do you call it? AD, ADHD, ADHD, AD, attention deficit disorder, which yes. I was tested for, yeah. and I do not have. <coughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. Your mother had you tested. My mother is listening right now. <laughs> she too. had you tested. She, I do not. There, there must have, have been a reason why she had you tested. The reason <laughs> was it a reliable source? I'm turning off my mic. <laughs> oh, look at that. We got to go to break. Oh, we got to 
to go to break. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll remember what it was when I was going to tell you, folks. But uh, Jazz got saved by the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, saved by the break. We'll make that a sitcom. Yeah, a yeah sitcom with the radio in a radio yeah. studio. All right, um, we'll be right back with more, folks. Stay tuned. <laughs> Good guitar for you, Jazz. Love this I song. I love this song. Love this song. This is a great song. Mm-hmm. Well, I could just sit here and listen to it, you know? Thing. If this yeah. song came on the radio and I was with my parents, we would turn this baby yep. all the oh, way up. If yep. I'm driving down and this song comes on, I crank it up. Yep. Speaking of cranking it up. So you see this 65-year-old guy going down the <laughs> road with this, with the music cranked? Head <laughs> bobbing, and you think, what's the matter yeah. with that guy? Oh, goodness gracious. Are All you right. going to do the introduction, though? Yeah, <laughs> welcome back, folks. <laughs> welcome back Se- to the Midwestern Shooter yeah. Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250, dare hey. Uh, <laughs> Say, well, you know, while we were on break, yeah. we, had a, we had a young man call in. Uh, and asked uh, asked our producer, uh, you know, who, whom I was and where I had worked when I had a real job. And uh, it turns this out that— This is a that, real job. Uh, no, I, I had a real job at one time. <laughs> so uh, it turns out that he is the son of one of my former coworkers when I worked at Briggs & Stratton Corporation. Yeah. And I was telling Tom during the break, it was an interesting story. This, uh, And I'm not sure if he wants his name mentioned, so I won't. Okay. But uh, his parents at, at the— the fellow that I worked with in the 70s, his parents owned a resort on Little St. Germain Lake. So I'm thinking this is around 1975 or so. My wife and I are out on Little St. Germain, and, and, and this fellow told me, he says, you know, when you get a follow-up. From a uh, muskie. From a muskie, yeah. right. And we were muskie fishing. If you get a follow-up from a muskie, just take it and slap that, that bait on the surface as hard as you can and then jig it two or three times, and he says, it'll work. Well, we're out there, and the very first time I tried it, it worked, and I caught like a 35-inch, or it wasn't big, but I caught the fish. Yeah. And, and it was one thing that, you know, that uh, this, this fellow told me. Uh, unfortunately, it's the only time it ever worked for me. <laughs> well, you don't do it that much, right? No, no, no you don't. Right, so no. you didn't re- didn't really give it a but, good uh, chance. But, uh, yeah, th- thanks for listening, uh, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I do remember what I was talking about before, you know, about, the, you know, like nowadays uh, you've got those life vests. They're, they're smaller. They're yep. thinner. They're uh, they will inflate automatically when they hit water, but there's also ones that you can pull the right. rip cord, you know, yep. and it'll inflate. Uh, and then there's some that'll do both. That if if it doesn't inflate automatically when it hits mm-hmm. water, you can always got that little pull tab to pull, right. you know. And uh, so you know th- those are I guess they're a lot more comfortable. I want to get one of those. Yeah, especially if it's hot outside. Yeah, yeah, those are much nicer. Well, and I was saying when I was doing a show, I was talking about being chastised. Right, chastised. I was on uh, you know doing a show on Outdoor Wisconsin, and um, you know I got chastised. The person wrote in and said, "How come Tom isn't wearing a life vest? That's not a good uh, thing that he's doing. You know that kids can see this. You know, and they, and they think you don't have to wear one." And, uh, you know, he wrote, and then they sent me the email that they wrote. And so I wrote him back, and I said, I know how to swim. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Now, with a kid who doesn't know how to swim, yeah, they're going to wear the life right. jacket, you know? But I know how to swim. So, I mean, yeah, granted, I could fall out of the boat, knock my head. Right. You know, something might happen. Okay, yeah, that could happen, right? But, you know, that's highly unlikely. 
But I always figure too, if uh, let's say I am, when I am when a big outboard's on and we're running down a lake, I got the life vest on. If I were to fall out, generally in the summertime on any of the lakes around here, eventually you'll float to shore. Mm-hmm. You don't have to swim that good, right? <laughs> you know, you'll float to shore somewhere, right? Uh, it might take you a little longer, like on Winnebago, yeah. But <laughs> you know, on most of our inland lakes, you'll you'll make it, or somebody will see you and they'll come over. But one time, Ron. And I know I've told you this before, but I got to tell the audience, and you'll like this jazz. Am I not a story I haven't heard, or I I don't know if you have or not. Okay, I love I'm on I'm on Pewaukee Lake. Wait, wait, I I'm fishing. Find, I gotta find a story. No, 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 stop with the story. <laughs> I'm on Pewaukee Lake, and I'm fishing. I'm by myself. Now this warden had just checked me for a license like a week or two prior, and you know wardens they got their job to do, and they don't remember everybody because no. they're stopping all kinds of people. That's understandable. So uh, I'm fishing. Warden comes up, asked to see my license. Yes, sir. I said, oh, you don't remember me? You stopped me a couple weeks ago. No, I don't remember you. Okay, here's my license. So he looks at it. Okay, everything's fine. And he looks in the boat because, you know, they're right up next to you. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Uh, I see your life vest. It's on the back of my chair. He says, where's your throwable cushion? I said, oh, it's down there in this compartment down here. (laughs) And the guy says, well, you know, it's supposed to be out and readily available. I said, with all due respect, sir, if I fall out of the boat, who's going to throw it to me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled. He says, yeah, yeah, I get it, but that's the law. You're supposed to have it out. And I says, okay, okay, I'll put it out. You know. But I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, you fall out of the boat. Who, who's, no, there's right. nobody there to throw it to you. But it's good to have. Oh, you know, I read a little tip where it's not a bad idea to have about 30 to 50 feet of, feet of some thinner rope mm-hmm. tied to it. So that if so, you did have to throw it to somebody, you had a you know rope to pull them in. That that that's not a bad idea. I could be wrong on this. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. But I think on the Great Lakes, you're required to have a rope tied to the throwable. Uh, and I think you need to put like a two you, or something. You have to have. At, I think it's 200 feet of rope that is not like tied with other rope together to mm-hmm. make 200 feet. It's got 200 feet of continuous right. rope. Got to have that. I think I think it's two hundred feet on Lake Michigan, yeah. not on inland lakes, but on Lake right. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that you know, you never know when you're going to lead on Lake Michigan. My goodness, you know. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a ocean out there. <laughs> it is. Being yeah, on Lake Michigan, and awesome. I don't like. One time I was out with this one guy, and we were out where you couldn't see shore anymore. It had mm-hmm. to be at least ten miles because what there's a certain distance. Thir- Thirteen is the horizon. Is that it? Yeah. So we were at thir- at least thirteen or more miles out. I couldn't see shore. I don't like being that far out where I can't <laughs> see shore. Yeah. And what amazes me is, where do those flies come from? Yeah. I mean, you're you're fifteen miles out in the lake, and there's flies around the boat. Yep. Do they follow you out, <laughs> or are they just hitching a ride back? I mean, were they were they commonly houseflies and stuff like that? I, I don't know. Maybe the lake flies that live on the well, I don't I don't know. But there are flies in the boat, and they bite your ankles. Oh yeah, I hate those things. <laughs> I hate those. Things. You find those on Winnebago all the time, biting your ankles. Yep. I hate. Oh, and my oldest son and I and my youngest son, we were going to go to Winnebago next week Sunday. I checked it out on the. My son said, "Hey, we're going to Winnebago next Ooh, Sunday." No. And so then I said, "Okay." And then I went on the computer and checked. Next weekend is Walleye Weekend in the right. Merck Nationals on Lake Winnebago. If you want to go up there fishing, don't right. stay away from there this weekend. But if you want to take the family up there and have a great time, get a walleye fry, fish fry, whatever kind they got, and have a good time. It's kind of like Summerfest or the State Fair, only. 
for fishing and right. up there in Fond du Lac. It's a I big to-do. It's up a there. big. It's the 40th yeah. year of it. I went up there years. a couple of years back, and, uh, the, you know, they have uh, tents set up all over oh, the place, yeah. beer gardens. They have live music. Yeah. You know, and you can watch the weigh-ins. Uh, yeah. It's a two-day weigh-in. Thousands and, and yes. thousands of people. And it, it, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a family entertainment right. type deal. And then, of course, there's the big Merc Nationals, and they get they got to get a, like 200 boats in there. you got to have a Mercury or Mariner motor on your boat, too, to fish. Do it. you really? Yes. Oh, those son of a guns. Yeah, you can't have it. I never ruled a Suzuki or Yamaha. you got to have means, a Merc or Mariner. It means we'd have to rent one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have to. <laughs> no, you would, we'd have to. We used to have an Evinrude, right? Yeah. And now a, you have a Merc now? Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, if, if you want a good time, have a lot of fun, have a lot of people around you, that's a fun place to go. But if you want to go up there fishing, no. Because, you know, there's a lot of spectators that go out in their boats to see where the pros sure. are and all watch sure. all that stuff. So, yeah, so we're not going there next week. We're going nope. someplace else. There you go. Yeah. All right, we got to go to a quick break, folks. Stay tuned. He is Ron Heidenreich, our advertising manager here in the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I am Tommy the True Newbauer, and he, behind the boards, wearing... Jeez, he's got his head. Two, Why do you, come, he's got just, two just, helmets just go to on break. now. Just go to break, for Grape's hey, sake. Come on. You're, you're missing your sunglasses now. You it don't, have, you don't have the full. Oh, there there, there go. you go. You happy? There, there he is. It must have well, been he's got like the a, a modern-day rapper. He's got the hat. He's got the hoodie. It's Kevin, like, Slim Whitey. What's his name? Slim who? Slim Jim? Slim. What's the guy's name? That, that white kid from uh, Detroit. The white guy up there. Yeah, the white guy up there that, that sings yeah. the rap. Still yeah. the Eminem guy. Yeah. Marshall Mathers. What's his name? Slim what? Slim Shady. Well, the That's real it. Slim Shady. Slim Shady. Please stand up. <laughs> I repeat. <laughs> okay, we're going to a break. We'll Thank be right back, folks. Listen, God. Listen to 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, folks, uh, we got three emails to read. And, but first, I want to remind everybody, Ron, that it's free fishing weekend. Free! That's right. Fishing. Free is good. Inland lakes, Lake Michigan, trout either way, in the big lake, in the inland, whatever. Uh, free fishing week. Also, free state parks, free hiking trails, free, yep. free all that stuff. Free so, everything. Free trout stamp. Yep. Okay. Now we're going to go in order to these emails. And this is from Jay Harvey. He says, hi, Tom. Since you like, haha. Since you like, haha. Oh, <laughs> since I like you, uh-huh. <laughs> he's laughing at he like. Uh, I, it was nice. I was. Oh, <laughs> I was nice to one of your customers. What the hell's going on? I got here? it now. I was nice to one of your customers today and loaded a kayak from Sherpers going to a customer in Oshkosh on my trailer. Oh, how about that? Now you know that there's at least two fans of yours up in Fox Valley. Have a oh, great wow. day. Oh, that's from Tex. Well, in the big truck. Tex, okay. And the white bass are still running. Where yeah. are they running to, Tex? They yeah. should walk. Take it's, it easy, white bass. Swim. Yeah. Yeah, don't run, swim. Uh, so, yeah, how about that? He helped somebody out. Well, Tex, if you're ever in Sherpers on a Friday or Saturday morning, stop and say hi to me. Yep. Yeah, okay, now let's go to the next one. Oh, same guy. <laughs> Since I heard you say you were going to break about speak about crawdads, I got to tell you, as kids, we used to catch them in Texas by reaching down into the water and grabbing them by hand, or when they bit our feet, we would grab them that way. Oh. No joke. Hurt, hurt a lot some. 
uh, no, hurt a lot. Some of them got up to eight inches and ten inches long. Now those ain't crayfish anymore, Tex. Those, those are, are lobsters. Those are, yeah. <laughs> those are small rock lobsters. Prawns. <laughs> wow. Yeah, prawns. Yeah. Wow. Those are those are big. And you would just let. You know, I don't want to say anything about your mental stability when you were a kid, Tex. But <laughs> right, <laughs> let them just bite your toes and fingers to catch them. I don't know about that. Okay. Now we are going to the last one. Come on. We're getting there, folks. Trust me. I'm a I'm a computer genius. Okay, this is from Mark. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I don't have ADD. Oh, it says, <laughs> this is Mark from Vernon. I'm one of the winners from the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Sports Show's Boulder Junction trip. Wife and I are up here now, and it's beautiful. Staying at White Birch Village on White Birch Lake. Eagles soaring by and loons calling in the distance. Like Canada without the long drive. Go on my guided fishing trip later today. We'll call next week with a report. That's from Mark. Uh, he uh, he was one of the winners. Very nice from the Boulder Junction people. Right uh, when he uh, when they were at the sports show. So yeah, one of the first one or yeah. two people to go to the booth. Yeah. So he's going to call us next week. Very Great. Nice. He's doing good. And Jez, right. you come running in here. What's up? I got a I got uh, a caller on the line. No introduction needed. Take okay. it away. Hello. Hey, this is Bushy. Oh, hey. Bushy. <laughs> hey, Dan. Mark, they just got another one over there. Single straight wealthy landowner. Are you catching fish? Well, we're we're out here on the sister islands, and where we were smacking them the other day, oh, my God, on jerk baits. But uh, we had a weather threw us for a loop here, and it's 44-degree water temp where it was, you know, close to 60 the other day. And uh, we're not we're not getting anything right now on the jerk baits or swim baits in on the reef. Now there is a guide, uh, looks like a guide back behind us, and they're catching fish. But it seems like they might be a little bit deeper there, Tom. What do you do when those fish move off when the wet water temperature changes drastically? Well, ask Ron. He's he's done that. Just try try a tube jig. Yeah, tube yeah. jig or a Ned rig or anything yeah. small, a twister tail and a jig. Yeah. Uh, one of those Kalen's uh, jerk minnows. It looks yeah. like he's got a couple uh, people sitting down in the boat, and they're like jigging something. They're uh, kind of oh, like, they might you be using those. Uh, they might be using. They might be using uh, marabou jigs also. Or they could be using yeah. blade blade, blade baits, baits. Just yeah, popping them. Blade baits, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. So, but anyway, uh, Raleigh's Bay was fantastic. Uh, we. Uh, Ron got in there the day before we did. He must have caught a hundred tamales. They were in on the bed, and he was uh, he was drop shotting them. And uh, then we went in the Mink River and slammed a bunch of nice ones on the Ned rig. Uh, our sister island spot here was our hot spot the other day, though. We did some. We got some fish by the Strawberry Islands, but catching lots of 18 to 20 inch smallies. Ron got a six and seven pound. I think he got two seven pounders this week. So wow. a lot of a lot of monsters. I haven't got a seven pounder. I had one that was probably maybe five and a half. Big fat. It's it's interesting though. The uh, bay fish are dark and thicker and seem to be taller in build. The ones over on the uh, Raleigh's Bay, Mink River, they're long. Um, it's kind of like Chiquamic and bay fish, though. They're longer and leaner, and they're greener. Mm. We actually uh. talked, the DNR was out, actually out there putting nets out and doing surveys, 
and it was interesting talking to him. He was talking about all the monster walleyes uh, that they met off the Strawberry Islands. And then he was also telling us, we were talking about the difference in the fish. He said there's two distinct strains, and the DNR is doing their best to keep them separate. In other words, like when there's tournaments and stuff, they don't want tournaments being held where people are mixing fish, you know, taking fish from both both yeah. the side and the lakeside and then releasing them. He said it is two distinct genetic strains that wow. they're trying to maintain. Yeah. Hey, so, it uh, sounds like it's pretty windy up there. Yeah, I'm right out here. The wind's howling. You know, we looked. At, we had to go fish uh, the uh, North uh, Raleigh's Bay yesterday just because it was no way to fish the bayside. Now, Ron had gone from catching at least 50 smallies a day. He went and uh, uh, met a guy, and they went down by Sturgeon Bay, and I think they only got nine fish yesterday. Yeah. Water temps there had gone from the mid-60s to the mid-40s. Hey, yeah. Danny, Danny, we got to run. We're closing the show. We got to get out of here. Closing the show. Okay, well, <laughs> if I survive today, I'll see you next week. All right, see you next week, See you, Danny. Bushy. See you, Dan. All right, right now. Bye. Okay, folks, that was a great show today. Got a lot of good info about it. We had some fun with jazz, of course. Yep, yep. yep. Got <laughs> saved by the break. Yep, got saved thank, by the break. Thank God. Yeah, and uh, had a good time today, yes, Ron. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for, for coming. Well, yep. thanks for coming in. You bet. Anytime. We always we always like you on standby, unless you're up in uh, Chippewa Flowage or somewhere in northern Wisconsin yep. fishing. Which you do that a lot. Right. That's what happens as, when you're retired. Yeah. Or you semi-retired. As much as you can, right? right? Well, you can always stop and see Ron and me and the other technicians out at Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop every now and then. Ron's out there more than I am. So, is it about time, the Jazz? Uh, give it up? Yeah, before, you, before we close things out, I just want to give a shout out to Mom. Thanks for listening, Mom. Love you. See you soon. <laughs> okay. All All right. For Ron, uh, for Ron Heidenreich, I'm Tommy the True Newbauer. Thanks for listening, folks, and see you next week. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. See y'all folks next weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.